And hello, everyone. Welcome to The Real Estate Show on KCMX News Media 880 and on YouTube at realestateshoworegon.com. I'm Pete Belcastro. This is Alice Lima. We're both real estate brokers with John L. Scott in Southern Oregon. We get together with you once a week here on the radio and on YouTube to talk about our favorite topic, Southern Oregon real estate. Southern Oregon real estate. There's always something to talk about. It's so interesting. We're, of course, the end of 2019. We're looking forward to 2020, and I know you're looking forward to it, too. Well, and it's also the end of a decade, and when we started uh, 10 years ago, things were really, really hard in Southern Oregon. A lot of people were losing their houses, and look, here we are, 10 years later. Yeah, all the stats are for those since 2009 on our show, how things have obviously turned around. Two fellows here are going to join us in our discussion today. Patrick Eiler is the president of the Southern Oregon Multiple Listing Service and Patrick Eiler Real Estate, right? That's correct. You've been doing this independently for a long time. I have. Yeah, and how, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. It's, it's a good market. All overall, you know, our season's a little low because we're in this season, but um, but people are still out there buying and selling homes. A lot of stuff going on. And next to you is uh, Devin Zupan, who's the president of the Southern Oregon, I'm sorry, the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors, who the way sponsors our show today. So president of that, and you're with Windermere, your family, of course, the Zupans have been like a... Uh, name and real estate, my goodness, real for years, royalty. right? How does that? How, how are you lined up in that, Devin? I think I was born in an open house. <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather started in the 60s. My dad joined him in the 70s. And then uh, I joined the company back in 2003. Kind of been off and on since then. I, I obviously met my wife since then. And we spent some time in Nashville, but ultimately wound up back here five years ago and loving it. It's funny because so many people are brokers, how, how people became brokers. Uh, everybody has a story about that, you know, did something else, whether you come in, you're, in your case, you were born into it. You had no choice almost. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's pretty much inevitable from the get-go. And your, your your grandfather was Leo Zupan, right? Correct. And a lot of people I know remember uh, Leo's name. Leo, I mean, that's a great name in, uh, in real estate around. So, uh, well, good for you. And by the way, both of you, because you both serve, uh, thank you for serving uh, as sure. president of SOMLS and RVAR because... Uh, People are busy, and you can't survive without volunteers. So thank you for doing yeah, that. Yeah, thank because, you. Because uh, that's a lot of a lot of time you have to give up for for all of us, and, and I appreciate that very much. So that's it. Well, thank tell you. us about what uh, what in the world is about this market is. We've seen the stats that SOMLS provides every week. My goodness, what's what's happening here, Patrick, uh, Devin? Tell us what you, what you guys are seeing. Well, you know, with interest rates so great right now, it's it's hard not to have a good market. You know, we've got people out there buying and selling and. Uh, with the the market the way that it is, we've seen an increase over the last year, of course, as you know, of about 5.8% in, in Jackson County yeah. and 8.5% in, in overall in Josephine County. So, you know, the inventory is still a little low. You know, we'd like to see better inventory, um, but that's what's keeping the prices a little bit high. And, of course, with the interest rates so low, we're seeing the buyers out there still buying. So, Patrick, I'm curious um, what you're seeing out there as far as why some folks are not putting their house on the market. You know, we, we have this low inventory situation. What needs to change so that people will put their home on the market? Well, a lot of those folks, you know, are wanting to stay in the area, and they're having trouble finding something that would replace the home that they would put on, on the market. Gotcha. So, so some of those folks that might be willing to put their home on the market aren't because there, there's just no available inventory you know to replace what they want mm -hmm. you see the same thing that's what you see at windermere you guys are heavily involved a lot of activity there too so what, what are you seeing Devin? yeah i mean it's almost like a three-tier market in a way um if you're under the three hundred thousand mark then inventory still is really low and mm -hmm. it's still very much a buyer's mark 
I think that three to five hundred range, it's kind of even and out a little bit. Seems a little little bit more normal to me. And then over five hundred inventory we've seen kind of pick up and we feel like that might be a little bit excuse me, under three hundred a seller's market. Seller's market. Right. Over five hundred seems like it's starting to be a little bit of a buyer's market, but um, nonetheless it's still moving along. Interest rates still being low definitely helps. When I look at some of the stats and the, the luxury market is just kind of tanked. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just kind of just going right over the board, right over the cliff. And if you're if you're sitting there in a listing at seven hundred fifty thousand to a million or over that, you got competition, right? I mean, the luxury market seems to us has mm-hmm. really fallen. Here's one interesting thing: is some people will see a median house price in an area come down because the luxury market has fallen. That doesn't mean that house prices or uh, values are coming down necessarily across the board. That's just a median price. So really, it's kind of a padded stat. I'd, I'd say you almost, you know, talk to a realtor and get the averages because overall we've saw uh, we've seen home home values increase this year and they're projected to increase by about four percent next year. And that's a good steady. I mean, that's a good steady increase, right? I mean, I like yeah, that. Yeah, right? and it's sustainable, but it also means that we're not going to probably have that big spike. You know, so if if there are people, that's why I was asking you, Patrick, why people were waiting because sure. uh, there are some folks out there that really want another fifty or eighty thousand dollars out of their house. We're not going to. Ha- I don't think we're going to have that big spike. No, not at this point. It's flattening yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had uh, decreases. I would go back to tell you that we had huge October, a huge November. December's not too bad either. So what's happened to me is that. The market, the, the 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 sales have just wiped out the inventory in October, November, December. To right now, it's like 25, 26, 30 percent below what it was a year ago overall. And it get, again, it, it varies by you know price level and things like that. But overall, that's a huge decrease. There's less than a thousand homes in the market right now. That's the way it was five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So here's here's an interesting stat. And I'm curious to what both of you, Alice knows this. So I can get. But 9.8, in the last previous 12 months, 9.8% of Americans changed their residence. Okay, 9.8%. That's the lowest since right after World War II in 1946, 47. Isn't that shocking? What do you think it that, is. what do you think the reason for, why, why are we staying in our homes this much longer? I mean, that was almost 70 years ago. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing to try to figure out because, um, you know, the demographics show that you know, more baby boomers are are out there in the market right now and retiring. And as a result, um, a lot of those, uh, they're staying in their homes. I mean, if you look at what the, the baby boomer market from the time that it basically right. started it's, when it's, they hit 21, it's, right? It's totally messed up yeah, the entire it, time. It, with it really baby has. Yeah, and yeah. so now we're at a point where those baby boomers are all retiring. And as a result, a lot of them are, are wanting to stay in their homes because, like we talked about a minute ago, um, there's not a lot of inventory. When you well, look at inventory. There's no replacement homes. And, yeah. and normally that, they would be moving. Normally that is a life absolutely. change that yeah. would inspire a, a residential address change. I normally think, it would. I think our biggest issue is that there are simply no replacement properties for people to go in right now. Right. If you have an inventory that's dropped by a quarter and you've got people who are our age wanting to move, etc., moving in, the pressures here, there's no place to go. What, where are we going to go? What do, You know, house? Condo? I mean, there, there isn't Assist, anything. It's assisted just, living? It's too expensive <laughs> for 90% of us now. So what, that's the biggest issue, I think, is we have no replacement properties out here because the inventory is just so low across the board. 
Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with some of the regulations that we've had to deal with over the years in regard to land use. Because right now, like um, I was just in a, uh, a little forum where the land, the land use people here in Oregon were talking about the new rules for uh, a couple of easier measures. For, easier for 2001 rural to build on rural properties. 2003, okay, yes. uh -huh. And those bills um, are designed to kind of look for ways to expand the inventory which by one of the ways is by infilling. So where normally you would have a single family residence right. zoning, they've opened that up to where you now they can have multifamily right. in a single family What area. do you two think of that? We've talked about that. We talk about <laughs> that, that a lot. We talk about that a lot. What do you two think of that? First of all, no one's applied for anything yet that we know of in Jackson County. Well, they're Med still Medford in the rulemaking, play, uh, rulemaking stage really right now and how all that's going to work. So I know that the city of Medford is on top of it. Oh, yeah, they are. And they actually yeah. are. Yeah. They're they're very big proponent of it. Yeah, but they've they still are. had nobody apply for anything beyond that. So that's right. the thing. I wonder if it's even going to if even's going to happen. I think it will. I mean, you're going to get some pushback in certain neighborhoods, but um, you know, somebody has a $800,000 house, they're going to give a little pushback. Somebody tries to put a triplex up next to them, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, that's again, the the state is given each city to make their own rules. Um, so that's kind of what the process is right now. The city of Medford's going through that rulemaking process as Patrick mentioned. Well, we'll see if any of them actually do it. It's easier to build ADUs, we hear, on properties. We've had lenders that we, we've talked with also who will lend, who will loan on additional dwelling units and things like that. But still, we're not getting much of it. I mean, we don't. We, it's, well, and it's, I think it takes not only awareness, but it takes money and planning. And you have to have a certain skill set and amount of time and energy in your life to take on a project like that if you're going to actually build something or convert something in your existing house so that you know somebody could live there it's kind of a big deal yeah it really is it's it's basically a, a change in the way we think about land use in that regard and zoning especially in the you know um, urban areas yeah my complaint is that we built uh, just three three single family three bedroom two bath houses that's kind of what we build in Jackson County mostly and we need other, <laughs> other types right. of, of housing to accommodate that because not everyone wants a three-bedroom, two-bath house on a tiny, tiny lot, which is what we're building today. We're not getting the variety that I think that we're hoping that we get in the future. Well, we're going to see a little bit more variety, and it's simply because of, the, the again, the, the number of people that are not able to go out there and afford some of the, yeah. the single-family, three-bedroom, two-bath home. Um, that isn't to say they don't want it, but right now, you know, in our economy, we're seeing younger people having trouble coming up with the money to buy in these markets where prices have gone up so high. So what they're doing is they're looking for alternatives to to what they really yeah. want, which, of course, is, you know, we've seen multifamily going up and yeah. things like that where they can afford maybe a condo but they or a townhome, but they can't afford the single-family residence. Um, Three-bedroom, two-bedroom. And you want to start somewhere. Don't just put it off to not do it. You've got to start right. somewhere, and a condo may be the place to start, right? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be exactly what you want to go. So anyway, we'll see what happens with all that. You, you, you as an owner I mean, as, as, as of an office like you both are, uh, you see this as good signs. I mean, you think 2020 is going to be a good year because as long as interest rates stay low, is that the key? 
Uh, I think that is a big key. When we saw interest rates, if you guys remember back in February, March, when they started a peak up over, over yeah, four, yeah. it slowed. 5.25. 5. Yeah. 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 It slowed yeah. down a little yeah. bit, and <laughs> then January. they came tumbling back down, yeah. and the market took off. But uh, I think what's interesting, you know, you guys were talking about um, the lack of inventory and, and people not moving around. And, and, and what's interesting in our area is the lack of starter homes. So okay. the number one demographic of home buyers in 2020 is going to be millennials. Okay. Here they come. Here they come. Biggest generation ever. Yep. They're coming out of the basement, moving into their own homes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they want something that's that's nice, right? Right. I mean, the biggest thing in the the affordability issue we talk about all the time is if you're going to sell it, you got to make sure it's ready to go, because otherwise, you know, buyers are not going to take them. Well, and there's also a philosophical. issue with the the millennials not to be so you know uh, general but they waited so long and they endured uh, the hardship of the crash or many of them actually took in their parents that lost houses I mean we make jokes yeah, about yeah, them living in parents base but some of the the parents are living in their basements yeah. um, so yeah. now because of that they really do want something that makes it worth it and they want granite they want something with a little bit of a yard they want some parking on the side and they want an open floor plan when we bought our first house back a million years ago we took whatever we could get and it smelled bad (laughs) (laughs) you know but it was financeable and that was that was what you did they don't do that anymore we've come a long way from that haven't we we got a break coming up here we're talking today with patrick eiler who's the president of the southern oregon multiple listing service we're going to hear more about that when we come back as well and devin zupan who's the president of the rogue valley association of realtors pete and alice we're coming right back to kcmx and youtube at realestateshoworegon.com after this Welcome back to The Real Estate Show on KCMX News Media 880 and on YouTube at realestateshoworegon.com. Pete Belcastro, Alice Lehman with you today. We've got two terrific guests with us. Patrick Eiler is the president of the Southern Oregon Multiple Listing Service. The SOMLS, tell people what that actually does because I talk, we talk about it all the time, but you tell okay, what the basic about. The basic uh, idea and job of the multiple listing service is to provide a platform for realtors to cooperate with one another. So, uh, for example, his office has many listings, my office has listings, and we can go out there and look for buyers. But if we're able to cooperate together and be able to share those listings with each other and with our buyers, that opens up the market to more buyers and also provides. It's the place that we all search. We all do all of our searching, correct? Exactly. That's that's where we as realtors go to look for homes. And isn't that where Zillow and Realtor.com get their information from also from from this? That's exactly right. Yeah, Yeah, they get their information from us. You know, we submit all of our listings to the multiple listing service and then they, they, we, we give them access to that yeah, information. Yeah, all right. Well, that's good. And of course, Devin is the president of the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. They're two separate organizations. We learned that over the years as well, you know. And so, uh, Arvar, is, you are the professional professional overseer, right? Isn't that what more or less what that is? Yeah. So think of us as we're the nonprofit; they're the for-profit. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Arvar Arvar's um, largely involved in in just the professionalism, um, ensuring that realtors are abiding by the code of ethics, yeah. uh, helping generate community activities. Um, you know, before the show, we were talking about the Habitat for Humanity build. Yeah. Arvar was behind, uh, you know, putting up the money and getting the volunteers to build that Habitat for Humanity house out in Rogue River. 
Um, so really, it's it's about giving back to the the community um, and about just uh, holding realtors to a high ethical to be standard. accountable. Yeah, realtors to be accountable for for your actions, right? I mean, that's and, I mean, what that is. We've got over three hundred hours of education coming in twenty twenty four realtors. So it's important that we you yeah. know keep them up on standards, keep them keep them moving along. Yeah, that's one of the biggest changes I think in our bar from doing the show over the years is the number of education courses that were very little. 12 years ago when I started, and now Susan Ledoux, it's fabulous. You yeah. can do all of your education right now there. So that's really good. And I heard that Arvar is forming a, a separate foundation. Yep. Is that true? Tell us about that. So we, we've uh, we've obviously done a lot for the community. We've given to a lot of charitable events. We, um, you know, we... We host events to, to uh, raise, raise money. money for charities, and, and now we're going to build a foundation so that we can specifically point it to charities that help with housing, um, that help with you know pers- uh, personal property, or excuse me, property rights. Property rights, okay. Um, so you know, it's just it's just another step in the direction of, of us giving back to the community. So it used to be part of the Home Foundation that the Oregon Association has so it's to be separate from that yep so locally you, locally run yes it's locally cool. run it's for our local community all the money is going to go back to our local community versus yeah. the home foundations for the state see realtors do things beyond just buying and selling and that's really good to know also let me give a shout out we can give a shout out from uh john l scott's office the earth angels foundation that i we give money to and they they take care of i mean what they do it's the only realtor-run foundation that I know of. They and do a lot of food baskets during the holidays. They've been really busy, so thank yeah. you for that, too, because, you know, again, it's without it's what we want no, to do, No, agents do a lot. Yeah. yeah, agents do a lot to they help do. the community. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, we've got a portion of every check that uh, goes to the Windermere Foundation. Yes. Okay. Straight okay. back into Jackson County, and last year we were able to give over $7,000 to local Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good. Well, kind of going on that thing. Okay. I want to hear, Patrick, uh, there is a couple changes that consumers don't really know a lot of this stuff, but uh, uh, I want to get my information, I want it it out of the SOMLS, right, first and foremost, because that's the most accurate, up-to-date information as compared to Zillow's, et cetera, et cetera. And quickest. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. The the information that you get from Zillow and Realtor.com and those, there's not a lot of delay, but there's a little bit, and sometimes the the information gets a little... uh, crumbled up you know but if you want to get the right data the correct data you want to talk to your realtor Mm -hmm. because it's up to date they have the information that's right there Uh all right good yeah we'll see what happens and it's instantaneous is the other thing instantaneous real time real time real time so when a listing gets goes on the market it goes into the multiple listing service and it's available for every realtor to Mm -hmm. look at for their buyers i know that you've added klamath county uh and lake county into the system yes we have a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and you're going to add one more and we are we're adding central oregon so we have an agreement with central oregon to do a data share so information available in central oregon now be available to realtors in southern oregon and vice versa so deschutes uh crook and jefferson counties i assume are those three then okay right those are the ones that's super cool changes coming see everything changes as as the new year maybe it's the new year it's all good yeah yeah another thing we're seeing is we're seeing a change of our platform so we're going from one company that provides the platform for us to to look at listings um to a new platform which is much better, much more up to date, more futuristic, 
and we're really excited about that. It's yeah, a, it's a good a, move. It's a yeah, change so that happy. we've been looking at for several years now, and it's now kind of culminating. And this all this begins point. on the 1st of January in a couple of weeks then, right? Well, no. Oh, uh, okay. No, the, the actual platform change will occur in March. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, so we thought it was in January. We're already doing the training. we got to do training. <laughs> <laughs> we want to do the training now because when, because when it does go live, you know, we want all of the brokers to be up to speed on yeah, it. And be absolutely. Able to you it. better be out there. Devin Zupan, I'm curious as to what, what uh, uh, offices today, as you look at, at, at you know, at the market, uh, for agents, how, how, how in the world, how many agents do we have today in, in Southern Oregon? I mean, it's, I know it's gone up and down, but what is it right now? Do you know? We're sitting just about 1,400 agents in Southern Oregon, wow. Jackson and Josephine County. Is that the most ever, or was it prior to the Great Recession, or are we at that level, or do you know? It's high. I think it, it might be the highest, but, the, but in the past, the last peak was just Jackson County. This includes both Jackson and Josephine County, okay. but we just inducted 25 new members this month. So This so, month, so wow. Yeah, still coming into into the business right and that's well, pretty common yeah that we've seen that over the well, last they, they're obviously months. seeing that that this is going to continue uh they're going to have a good market continue it, it sure seems in 2020 and i when we think i look at it I, I sure think it's going to and i'm always the pessimist of all of this uh, but I, I don't I don't feel that way anymore. Well, I, I'm wondering if we're going to have a really high inventory situation unexpectedly, that finally the word gets out that we need more people to put their houses on the market, and then all of a sudden we're going to go into a little bit of a slowdown. But I don't know. I, I make predictions every month. <laughs> sometimes yeah, I'm right, sometimes, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes you dust off the crystal. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it was going to yeah. be a real uh, strong winner. You know, what, I don't know what you guys were thinking. This This shortage caught me by surprise. A little bit, yeah. You know, it always slows down this time of year. What I've discovered is that when people are out there looking for homes this time of year, it's because they need it. You know, they're either moving in or they have to move out for job transfers or something like that. So typically the buyers that are out there right now are the buyers that are absolutely serious. They're more serious buyers out there. Right. And the inventory is usually a little lower this time of year because people are getting ready for the holidays and they... They, they say, well, we're going to wait until January before we put our home on the market. So that's a, that a little bit happens all the time. Or I'm going to wait till till March and April when the when the flowers are in the yeah, uh, yeah. in my in my thing. We've got to remember when you do that, you just face more competition. True, right? right? Isn't that what it is? And people say, well, I wait till the spring. Okay, okay. If I got a thousand on the market right now, and I got to have two thousand on the market over here, or four, or four, yeah. <laughs> aren't I better off to sell it over here? I'm going to get more from my price, aren't I over here? Well, that's what I was saying about the the buyers out there right now are very serious. So yeah. if if you're looking to sell, now is really the time to go get on the market because the inventory is lower, you have less competition, and the buyers out there are serious. No yeah. one casually looks when it's snowing. That's right. right. No. And, and I think the transactions go more smoothly when you have a motivated party on the other side, mm-hmm. somebody who really wants to move in and get it done. They're not going to be as fussy about inspections and this and that um, and argue with you back and forth forever and ever. Yeah, well, you, uh, Devin had brought up, you know, the, uh, the available inventory that was out there and the different price levels by depending on the category. If you're in Jackson County, if you're at a one hundred and fifty to $250,000 price range, you have about a 1.7 month supply of inventory. Now, a normal supply is six months, right? That's what everyone says. Six yep. months supply. That's the target area. That's right equal to buyer and seller negotiating. It's 1.7. That's, if you go look, two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand is the single most popular price in in our region. We have a one point three month supply of inventory in that category. That's critical. Yeah. Now I can go to the million dollar range up here, and I got a I got a two year supply. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, 
But don't you think some of that is pricing? Well, a lot of it has to do with buyers because, as you know, if you're looking in the uh, 250 to 300 range, um, the there's a lot more buyers than you have more up buyers. there in the million dollar range. Sure. Uh, and so you have a bigger pool of buyers in the lower ranges, a higher pool of buyers in the upper ranges. So you, that, as Devin was saying, the competition factor changes at that point. Yeah. Well, I'm really worried about what we're going to do because uh, there's not a lot of inventory out there for a lot of people. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the spring and we'll see what happens in January. It all changes in January now. So it's a couple of weeks. That's when the listings go like this again. They start that cycle up. So yeah. we're going to find out if that's <laughs> yeah. going to be true. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Again. I believe 2020 is just a couple weeks away. Yeah, do we ever crazy. see? Do you remember the year 2000? Y2K? Remember that? It wasn't that long ago. But yeah. here we are 20 years later. Right. And uh, and here we go. And I'm pretty excited about it. I think uh, Jackson County, or as you say, Alice, the economy is doing really well. Uh, we see a lot of positive positive signs going on. I think the only downfall really is that there's just a lack of available inventory for so many people and place replacement property of where to go if you're going to move up or down in our valley. Yeah, I think one of the things that's that would be beneficial for the audience is to realize that um, they have they have some influence over their legislators, and if they let their legislators know, hey, we need more land, we need more property to build homes on then they'll start listening. You know, they listen to us, but if they hear it from the consumer more than they hear it from us or as much as they hear it from us, then that might spark them to take a little bit closer look at our land use laws and see what we can do you th- to you free think, up some You think it's land? land. You think I it's do. land availability? I think it's a you huge part of it. You think that's part of it? Yep, huge part of it. Interesting, yeah. okay. I would yeah. say more regulation. No, uh, well, you know, part of that, it goes hand in hand because what's happened is the regulation is tied up so much land for various reasons. And then you've got certain stakeholders and uh, entities out there that don't want to see, you know, more land for for homes. Yeah. And they, the they expense wanna, yeah. is really monstrous. If you go and try to do a partition or you want to add an extra unit or you want to do something in a development um category the fees that you have to pay before you even break down are really really huge and that that lends to the problem with affordability because that's right because you know when a builder has to pay all these extra fees uh for whatever reason i mean there's like you said there's there's a lot lot of of fees fees. that they have to look at um it's going to raise the price of the home it has to they just pass it right down to the consumer well it always gets passed down to the consumer another thing we got a break coming up here is that some of the developers and some of the new additions that we're trying to get i hope they're going to be more and more mixed neighborhoods of instead of just the same straight after street of the same kind of three two things but more variety small homes tiny homes clusters things like that that we don't see that seem to be such a need for yeah and you know the bright spot of that is when i was at that forum that I was telling you about the other day, um, the uh, land use folks up in Oregon, that's one of their focuses, is that they want to look at that more mixed use. And yeah, actually, some good. of the people that were at that meeting, you know, um, there was a lot of realtors and <laughs> and there were also a lot of, uh, you know, stakeholders for government and well, so on and so it forth. It creates more inventory but to sell in the future, y- yeah, too, it, if you do o- it this overall, way. Overall, yeah. But yeah. there was, a, a, in particular, there was a couple there talking about that, about, yeah. hey, we need, we need to have more vision in creating different ways to build homes. I can't believe it. I can't. <laughs> this is great. We find, find you're the first person, seriously, who I've heard talk about that. 
Yeah. Uh, other than we kind of just blabbling here, but that makes some, it makes so much sense to have more variety. We got to get some builders to do that. I can't wait till it happens. Can't wait till we see our first unit that development in our own area. Right. Yeah. I can't and wait as, for that. as Ella said, you know, regulations a big. Uh, roadblock yeah. to that. So we knock some of that stuff down, then some of that those visions will be able to start coming. We got to one more segment to go today. We're with Patrick Eiler, the head of the SOMLS, and Devin Zupan, the president of the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. Pete and Alice, we're coming right back right after this. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show on KCMX News Media 880 and on YouTube at realestateshoworegon.com. Pete Belcastro, Alice Lehman with you here today on the End of the year, end of 2019. Wow. I, it, you know, it did go fast, didn't it? It did. It's been a fast 10 years. <laughs> you had a good year? I know that. Uh, every year is a good year. It is what you make it. Isn't there that you funny? Go. And that's that's a, exactly right. That's a realtor answer right there. <laughs> it, is, it is what you make it, and that's really true. And, it, boy, a lot of people have made it a pretty good year because it was a, uh, it was a, uh, a big year. I think the, when the year is over, we're going to hit almost $4 billion in real estate sales in Jackson County. Isn't that that's almost pretty close? close? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot crazy. of money. Yeah. That, and that's yeah. with a B, folks. That's a B. Right. Yeah, that's, it's, right. just, it's with a B. That's amazing uh, when you think how, how far we've come in really a short period of time. So that's really good. So if you look forward to 2020 then, I'll just give you both out here. What's your biggest concern, you think, out there in the market that people need to kind of be aware of that you see from your side? Devin, what do you think? Uh, I think the biggest thing, and just so you know, 2020, I'm very optimistic about. I think it's yeah. going to be a great year. I do, too. I, I, I heard economists. Uh, you guys have probably heard of Brian Buffini. He just did his yeah. big, bold prediction for 2020, uh, You know, predicting that interest rates are going to stay under 4%, which yeah. is going to continue to push the market forward, that um, housing is going to increase. We're going to have more sales next year than we did this last year. Uh, the biggest, I guess the biggest thing that I would just caution people with, if you're going to sell your home, don't expect to it appreciate by double digits anymore. It's, it's going to continue to yeah. appreci- appreciate, which is a good thing, uh, but it's going to be more manageable. It'll be more around 4%. I think that 4 to 7% is, is you know, reasonable, and it's not going to allow a market to outgrow itself. Um, you know, the double digits that we had past well, few years, it was uh, too much. It was unsustainable yeah. for that. I mean, I, you couldn't do it. So that's I thought the 5.5%, right around that 5 that's a good investment. It still makes real estate a great investment, right? Right, absolutely. Okay. And real estate is a great investment long term. Yeah. I mean, it does this whole little up. It might drop a little bit, but you know it's going to go right back up. Yeah. I certainly think that uh, um, interest rates are going to stay low. I agree. It's, it's a presidential year. They're there not going to go. go up. I mean, that's to yeah. me, is the biggest thing. And as long as they do that, I think I agree with you, Devin. It's going to be a lot of year. I just don't know how much inventory we'll have because of those other factors that are out there. No replacement properties. Where do you go? Uh, some people have lower interest rates, you know, down in the, in the low threes. Yeah. And I can't replace that now even, you know. Right. So there's a, all those factors are out there, I think. And that's another factor about the question we asked, well, why aren't people, people moving? Well, you know, the interest rates are good, but they've been good for quite some time. Yeah. And, you know, if you're under 4%, even close to 3%, it's gonna, it might be hard to say, okay, well, I'm going to go get a loan for, you know, 4.25%. Yeah. Yeah, well, or, or buy a bigger house when your job has not given you yeah. more wages. So in Southern <laughs> Oregon, I'm really happy that our economy is better, but we're still behind the curve, I think, in uh, wages going up to keep up with the rest of the nation. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. It's and, still a jobs problem, I think. 
Yeah. So you yep. st- and, and do all three of you, I'm assuming, are going to continue to see the retirement boom coming in, coming our way, correct? From uh, and it, mainly California, you're going to see that continue. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like we were talking about a little while ago about the uh, millennials, and you know, yeah. I said during the break the big, that they're, big, they're, they're the biggest group. You know, they're the, they're the new baby boomers, <laughs> and, they are. and and that's true. And so that's a huge market. And yeah. so it's a little different than it was for the baby boomers. And they consume now the information differently, don't they? Oh, they do. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, you know, you have to stay educated about what their needs are and what they want. Um, yeah. Because they are. I'm, I'm sure that, Devin, at Windermere, you got the same thing that we see at John L. Scott all the time. All the different technologies introduce stuff and great at latest and greatest kind of stuff. And it kind of mind boggling. Yeah. Tools, tools, tools. Yeah. Um, no, the thing about the millennials is when they come to you, 70% of the research has been done. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the other very cool thing about millennials is I, I saw a research study done that out of all of the generations there, the most loyal, as long as there's perceived value. So when they come okay. to you, you give them the value, you give them the time, you give them the information they need, and they will be very loyal. And they do want to work with a realtor. They don't want to just work with the iBuyer. That's yeah, right. They want a person. They yeah. want a person to help them through the process. And they want a professional person. And, yes. in the, and in the end, it comes down to that one-on-one relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's the biggest, let's face it, it's the biggest It's the biggest investment you're ever going to make in your life. You're going to spend more money on a house than anything in your life, right? But I, but I think correct. the millennials yeah. understand that more deeply than any other generation. All right. I'm curious as you as you're both of your opinions on rural properties. We've seen, you know, the ride uh, from the cannabis, the hemp. I mean, this last stats, again, good, healthy rural sales is are we over that craziness you think i don't (laughs) you know i don't think we are i think rural properties um are always an attraction you know you you've got those folks that say i don't want to live in town i want a little bit of space yeah and that's not going to change i don't think that i think that market's always going to be there and uh, you know as long as the inventory is there they'll continue to buy well it lost money for a while i mean you know in those rural properties and it's now coming back so it's like everything. I think we've we we filtered out maybe the 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 speculation. Well, maybe speculation. And a lot of that had to do with the the marijuana thing and the hemp thing. Um, you know, I think the market inflated, and then when it infl- you know how markets yeah, work absolutely. when they inflate, they're going to go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and so you know, real estate is a wave. So it's always going to go up. It's going to go down. There's factors that will artificially make prices go up. And when that happens, then you're going to see a deeper dive. That's what happened back in 2008 in that area is that um, it was artificially propped up. And then when the, you know, the legs were (laughs) kicked out from underneath it, it it fell hard. And I I think some of it, too, when you get the so many buyers moving up from California, especially, you know, Bay Area City, they they have this dream of having land. And so they'll come up here and they'll bring their, uh, you know, their million dollars cash that they just sold their condo in San Francisco and and be willing to invest 500 bucks or 500,000 in a four acre, you know, piece out in Rogue River or Gold Hill or something like that because they want that freedom. And they still have money left over for a rental. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and that's what yeah. they're doing. They're calling up and doing yeah. exactly that. And I've also found that when they do that, they're not going to overpay for a property either. Right. Because no. they're educated think, as well. I think the fallacy is it's California, they're going to pay for it no matter what I want to sell it for, and that's really not the case. Never has been. Never has been, is yeah. it? That's a real wrong that so many yeah. people perpetuate that. Oh, they're California, yeah. they're going to pay whatever I want. and. Yeah. It just no. They do their no, homework. They do yeah. their homework, and, and you're right. Buyers are do uh, 
as you said, 70 they know what they want. They look before they find you what they want you to do. But I loved your comment about perceived value. Right. That's what they really need, and that's what, of course, a realtor uh, needs to give, obviously, to do that. That's kind of cool. It's right what, you know, what we what we hear all the talk, Devin, from all the different, you know, uh, people who speak about this, and you're saying it, you're saying it absolutely, absolutely They correct. really do need us. Uh, professional realtors are needed. We give a good service, and we're going to be out there in the community helping every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. So we got, we're going to be out of time here in a second. So just, just to reiterate there that because Devin is our VAR president, and um, again, thank you both for serving in your capacities that you do because uh, we need you to do that. You know, people right. have to volunteer to make uh, make the whole thing go. So you really do make a big difference and appreciate that and all the time that you put into that. So we're looking forward to it then next year, aren't we? We're going to have a, you guys are going to have to come back. Uh, you have to see the predictions are right. Next December yeah. and say, oh, are, we, are we actually true? But I really do think uh, that uh, the signs sure point to that. And I think that's really good for people to generate wealth for themselves, to buy, to move up, to do these things that we talk about real estate does, and it can change your life. So hopefully people will be able to do that, right? That's Absolutely. correct. Okay, well, yeah. yeah, good too. Merry Christmas to you yeah. and all that. Happy, happy <laughs> for happy, everybody. Almost happy New Year again. <laughs> and, uh, here we go to 2020. Yeah, that's amazing we're even saying it. It's actually, but we're still selling houses uh, over the holidays, so don't be shy. All right. And we're still that's here correct. as well. All right, that'll do it for the Real Estate Show. Thanks to Brett Nance, who ran our camera today for our YouTube show. We appreciate his help as well. Thank so you, thanks Brett. to uh, Devin Zupan and Patrick Eiler for Alice Lee. I'm Pete Belcaster. Have a great Christmas, a great holiday as well. We'll talk to you next week, and God bless you all.